Welcome to the next Let's Be Honest. Today we've got Pamela, who used to work here at London Partners, and we've been friends for quite a few years now. And it's clear to see that we actually bonded because we've been raised in quite similar ways. And there's something really pure and organic being able to share experiences with somebody who's experienced exactly the same things that you have. And both Pamela and I have the delicate balance of being brought up in Britain and feeling 100% British, but also being raised in a culture by parents who weren't brought up in Britain. And also, on top of that, being quite religious. Um, so, can you, for me, to explain how that is to kind of have those delicate balances between being cultural, religious, and <clears throat> completely westernised as well? So, it's a really difficult. Like, it's really difficult to find a balance in these things. And I feel like every like ethnic minority, anyone who has been like raised in like a household that isn't like super British can like relate to this. It literally feels like being in two different worlds. Like your school life and when you're amongst your friends and your teachers, it's such a different world to like your home life. Like it's literally like going home and walking into like a village. <laughs> like, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, it's great because you have exposure to like such a fascinating culture and like your life in like London. It's also like so hard as like, especially as like a kid to navigate that and understand like how to strike a balance and not just like keep those two things completely separate. But having said that, yeah, it's like it has loads of like pros, but there's also like the cons of just like feeling left out of each yeah. one. You know, what I find what I find really interesting is people having the concept of um, culture and religion, mm. and like I know that there's a good distinct um, difference. And if everyone anyone listened to Thoreau's as well, she explained how she's quite religious and not as cultural. But what I think is really interesting is. Um, I don't think that either is right or wrong, or either is yeah. anything that's quite a weird concept. But would you say you're quite religious? Well, so that's a difficult one <laughs> because I feel like so when Feroza said she's more cultural than religious, it's harder. Oh, way around. Oh, she's, she's, more, the, she's yeah. more religious than cultural. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to separate those two things yeah. because, like. Now that I'm older, now that I've like, you know, studied like the history of Islam and like South Asia a bit more, I can see how like those two things like can't really be separated. Like my like my parents' practice of religion was definitely influenced by Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah. like the fact that they were Bangladeshi and not Pakistani. Um, but yeah, so it's hard to say now, but growing up I wasn't particularly like my family weren't particularly religious people growing up like we had definitely had a strong sense of being like we're muslim that's like our identity but like the actual practice of islam like i don't remember that much apart, yeah okay, apart okay. from like apart from like in ramadan where everyone sort of just like became super muslim yeah and then apart from like seeing my granddad go to the mosque my actual upbringing wasn't so your parents religious. didn't go to the mosque no they didn't like we went for like Quran lessons, but even that was kind of more of like a community obligation. Like my parents would have felt, <laughs> my parents would have felt like, how do they explain to their friends why I'm not, not like, at, the classes, at, yeah. at, at like Arabic classes and stuff? But like, but like we definitely had a strong sense of being Muslim. Like we were like part of something bigger, but okay. it wasn't in practice. It wasn't that big a part of my life. Okay, that's very interesting. And then just just so people understand. Mm. Um, Obviously, from country to country, religion differs, and like we just said, you're like you understood that you were Bangladeshi mm. and not Pakistani. Is there anything that was almost that stood out that made it made you different? 
like so for example for me i know for a fact that when i when i practice hinduism there is a distinct difference between how i practice hinduism yeah and how my friend from Gujarat practiced Hinduism, and you can oh, yeah, clearly yeah. see it only when you're hanging out with each other. And they'll yeah, be definitely. like, "Oh, I'm gonna celebrate this," and they'll be doing something a thousand times different to what I'm doing. Yeah. But it'll be for the exact same reason, and it's always for the similar-ish stories. Yeah. But being in the the exact same religion, and but doing things that are so north and south pole. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Like Islam has like so many different kinds of like Muslim groups. Yeah. Like I think people know like the big divide like between like Sunni and Shias. I don't think like, everyone knows. Well, it's kind of hard to get into. Yeah, I think, I think, I think but, maybe the top level. Yeah, so Sunni and Shias had the kind of like the divide sort of started with like after the prophet passed away and who should be the next leader of Islam. Okay. She is well, she is obviously at the time like didn't identify as a group called she is, but people who there were like a group of people who like very strongly believed you should go next of kin to keep like leadership in the bloodline. Okay. And there were groups of people who believed it should be the person who had the most knowledge of Islam. And then, and then, yeah. So then, over time, those two became quite distinct groups. Like at the t- like, at the time, a Muslim was just a Muslim, but um, those two groups kind of like separated in their politics. Like religion started in mingling with politics a lot more. Yeah. And then over time, like loads of different practices came about. Loads of different like kind of like cultural like traditions came about, and then kind of led to what we know as like Sunni and Shias now. Interesting. But there's so much history in it. Yeah, so no, no. I wouldn't say go into it, but yeah. it sounds very similar to every religion. Yeah. So so like there was definitely like growing up it wasn't like oh I'm Muslim but I definitely knew like oh I had I was following just one school of thought in amongst okay. like so many yeah. schools of thoughts. That's really life. cool. Okay. Yeah. So it's always it's always so interesting to hear and and um, for me to explain it to me before but I think it will be really interesting for you to explain the different types of um, headdress. Yeah, so <laughs> I should probably preface this the saying I used to wear a hijab. So um, the kind of hijab I wore was just the headscarf, just like covering my hair and neck. But um, so there's like niqabs. Generally, that's just the hijab. Okay, fine. Like generally, people just like refer to that as headscarf or hijab. Okay. Um, the burqa is more like the long dress. So this this is where this is where it kind of like differs a little bit because some people refer to burqa as like the entire niqab and okay. the long dress and everything. Um, so it kind of like it differs a lot from like country to country and okay. like cultural practices. Like in the West, like it's probably more common to see like girls just wearing like the headscarf, yeah. but in like Pakistan and Afghanistan, it's like the burqa is more like common there. There are loads of different types, and there's also the turban, which is like really popular in places like Turkey and parts of the Middle East, where it's just like the head, like the head oh, being yeah. covered and not like yeah. the neck. And then and like Northern Africa and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's loads of different kinds of hijab. So it's, that, worth, it's worth knowing. Yeah. Yeah, it is worth knowing. Just yeah. so we like people don't always refer to the same mm. thing. It's the same thing. I think it's also like important to know as well, like <clears throat> in Islam, like hijab isn't just for like women. Hijab is sort of like. We think of hijab as like a material thing, but in like the context of like Islamic philosophy, hijab is like a way of being. Like it's about being modest, not being like materialistic. So like men who are so Muslim men who are like a bit more modest and like not materialistic would be considered practicing hijab. 
So I think oh, people okay. like people like reduce hijab to like a piece of cloth, but actually it's like it's, it, it's it, a concept. It's, yeah, yeah, it's an entire concept within Islam, which is like important to consider. Yeah, I just know that. Yeah, it's important to consider because like there are Muslim women who are like I do practice hijab, but they don't wear any sort of covering. But in their head, it's like, but I'm a like modest, practicing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm a modest person. I don't like brag. I don't show off, and that's that's, that's hijab so for them. So it's like important to like consider it's actually like a big part of Islamic philosophy. I actually didn't know that. So and then I think what's also like it's it's so but it's so backwards, but every single religion at some point had the um, practice of covering your head. Yeah. Every single religion. Exactly. So I think the fact that in Islam they still do it and to be fair in some like northern parts of in, in Sikhism they obviously do it and then in some northern parts of India they still do it in some really orthodox Christianity they still do it yeah. and like they just still do it in lots of things I think mm. that's also a big thing because people forget that it's yeah. not a religion thing people like connect it to Islam but it's like a it's huge not, like, yeah. religious spiritual like meaning behind no, it 100% so then I think the next big thing um, is kind of family so like with religion mm. I think you grow up I'm not saying that no one else who isn't religious isn't close to your family but you grow up so interconnected and mm-hmm. so big for families, but I was going to say, would you say that all your brothers are just as religious as you are? Um, for me, there's got a lot of brothers. <laughs> I have three younger brothers. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to say with my brothers because they're just like such regular boys. Like they don't feel the need to like talk about religion in their day to day life. Yeah. But I definitely see like religion as being like a source of comfort for them. Like I see that around like exam time and when they get stressed, they will like pray a little bit more just for like that re- kind of like release. Um, I suppose like it's hard to know because like I never really, I never really know how like how much my brothers like relate to their religion as like a real spiritual guide. But I would say like I was probably out like me and my brothers. I was probably a bit more like when I when I was a, a lot more of a practicing Muslim. I was like a lot more vocal about <clears throat> yeah how much like Islam Meant like yeah, yeah. impacted like my life decisions. Um, but yeah, like I I like I know for sure that like Islam does play a role in my brother's life. But because but another thing is that as like Muslim boys, they don't have like a lot of religious markers unless they had like a huge beard. Like yeah. that would that it kind of like still allows them to like dip in and out of religion in a way like I, where I was wearing a headscarf, I couldn't really do that. I like immediately gave gave myself this like responsibility of yeah. like representing all Muslim women kind of thing. I think I mean, it's, it's good for us to. Um, so, for me, you said you didn't grow up very religiously. So, I was wondering why you even went into religion anyway, then, if your parents were. Because I know for me, I was definitely thrusted into it okay. a lot more. And then I went to Sunday school, and like, it was very much a, it was a part of our lives. My parents are incredibly involved, my mum is very incredibly religious. So, like, anything she was doing, we were doing. Yeah. And then eventually, we, I think it took us a long time. But for you, it's the other way around. Which I think is a lot more of a conscious decision. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that, that was like a big thing for me. Yeah. Because like, like growing up, <clears throat> like I remember just feeling like my parents, like my parents had their place in the world. Like they always knew like they were Bangladeshi. But for me, it was always just like I never, there was like so much I couldn't relate to with them. And then there was, there was like things that would happen like when you were younger. When, when, when did they move here? Did you don't want to move here? They moved here in like. My mom probably came. My mom came here like in nineteen ninety. Okay. No, maybe a bit sooner, a bit sooner uh, than that. So she was here for a while before my dad, 
and then she married my dad in Bangladesh, and then yeah. they moved back here again in like '93, I want to say, okay. and then I was born two years later. Yeah, I just think it makes a big difference from when you come here. Yeah, yeah. How you, how you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my parents like grew up in Bangladesh, and they yeah. like they have a strong sense of like Bangladesh. Yeah. Um, whereas like I obviously grew up here, so. I just remember growing up like not really feeling like a part of either. Like I, I'm yeah. sure you can relate to that. Yeah, as yeah. Well. Like not never like a hundred percent feeling like British, obviously. Yeah. So obviously different. Yeah. And like. Oh. <coughs> yeah, it's true. It's really it's like, true. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing. Like I like. It's a weird thing to think about. Like you were a kid. Like you were a baby. Like thinking these things. Like knowing that you didn't really have a home in like yeah. the way that your parents did, but. So yeah, I go, so one of like my earliest memories. Then this, I always think back on this as like something that like really made me think about my position in the world a lot more. Like one of my earliest memories is like getting ready for school, or leaving the house, and then seeing like being the first person who left the house in the morning, and seeing like graffiti on our front door, and there were like racial slurs, and they had like the N word. And he said that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, so I was like so, yeah, it was still the 90s to be fair, yeah. so like, I was like four or five. Yeah. But there was like, racial slurs, oh no, I was a bit older than that, but there was like, racial slurs and it said like, the N word, yeah. go home. Yeah. And I remember like, I, remember, like, oh, I obviously was too young yeah. to like, know, like, yeah. oh, I kind of was like, oh, someone's like, written something on our door. Yeah. And I was like, being an idiot, and then my mom, parents came down and it was like, oh, like, that's. That's like they were like immediately like slightly panicked, oh. and I just remember like my like my parents both being like, oh, should we like leave? Like they, that was That's like their so first sad. thought. Yeah, yeah. And their first thought it was just like, oh, like and then you were anyway. obviously don't don't yeah not wanted here. Yeah, and I remember feeling like so annoyed about the thought like why would I leave? Like yeah. this little patch of like yeah. land is like my home. Yeah. Like my schools across the road, my teachers and friends are there. Like I couldn't fathom like anywhere else yeah. could be home. But for them like they had a home. Like they had like back yeah, there. So they had like it. other places to consider home more than yeah. that moment. But for me it was just like oh like this is my bit of the world. <laughs> like where else was that? Where else would I go? Yeah. But I always like think back on that and being like oh that's like one of the many experiences I've had where I'm like I don't know like where I fit in in the world exactly because like I had this distinct feeling of being like oh there are people here who don't want me here that's so weird. I like, I forget I forget how because it was obviously like quite a while ago now like, I forget how hard primary school was. Yeah. But like it, it was it was like it's obviously not that hard but it was it was just the fact that it was. It was so different, and I, mm. I like, for me, I just remember my big thing was pack lunch. Yeah, oh, yeah, everyone relates to that. I remember pack lunch, and I remember like everyone says it, but then when the minute you talk to somebody else who's at Southampton or somewhere else, and it had to be like pack lunch was such a stress. Like it was, I cannot describe how big of a stress it was. Yeah. And like the, the amount of times I like tell my parents to just pack me a sandwich, like, I'd make them pack me a sandwich, <laughs> and then you put it like, 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 and like they didn't understand, and they had to specifically go out and get stuff for a sandwich. Yeah. And like I remember, like, I remember begging just so I didn't have to like. It's like when people tell me like, oh, I remember when you said like dairy dunkers and you're kidding. Yeah, no, I, I never, never had. had one. I never like, didn't have cheese straight with baby bells. <laughs> like, no, like it was, it was, it was so hard to like explain it to somebody else. And like the fact that like, obviously, and the thing is, it wasn't even like the kids were being nasty; they just didn't understand, and we yeah. didn't understand that we had to explain that to somebody else. Yeah. And being a six-year-old trying to explain. What happened in your house? Mm. It was it was really basic. 
it was the most basic thing. It's like, oh, like, oh, I have to go oh, to the temple, like, we have to take off our shoes. Yeah. Like, oh, but when we go to church, we have to take off our shoes. And it's just like, oh, but that's just what we do. And it's like, yeah. like I just found it so weird. And I had, okay, actually, no, the worst one is eating with my hands. Okay. I can't. <laughs>
Okay, so what we actually came to talk about, and I think we should get on to it, is Famida, as all of us used to know, she was the most friendly, the most, not that many of us changed. She was incredibly (laughs) friendly. Yeah, everyone just remembers her as like the beautiful girl with the lovely mini skirts who was just like floating around the office with friends and everyone. And I think her, at least for me, um, Famida in her headscarf was such an identity and it was something that everyone kind of recognised her by and like it was it was such a part of her and I think what's great about this episode is that we're seeing Famida people and people who do remember her are seeing her from a time uh, only will probably only remember her from a time where she did wear a headscarf. So I think the big question is why did you take it off? Okay, so <laughs> I feel like I need to say a little bit about <clears throat> The reason I started becoming a practicing Muslim in the first place, so this was probably, this started when I was like 16-ish, like, so my family weren't particularly practicing, they definitely had a strong Muslim identity, we definitely had a feeling like we belong to this big thing, and that you should care about this, and you should tell people, you should identify in that way, but like, the actual practice of Islam only came into my life when I like, consciously like, sought it out myself, because having that whole like, culture, like, the culture conflict gets like really exhausting after a while and you just want like an identity and like I, that's like something all 16 year olds teenagers can relate to you just want an identity and i think like islam religion and it's like oh here's like a way of life and here's the routine and here's what you do in this situation like was so appealing to me because i was just like i just want like stability i just want to be told how to be a good person and yeah. i thought 16 year old me thought that's how like yeah. life is supposed to be that's what i wanted from life so I sort of like thrust myself into Islam when I was like 16, like I read loads about like Islamic philosophy and history and then I I started wearing a hijab when I was 16 because I was like so... So you only put one on when you were 16? Yeah, yeah, I didn't wear it when like, I was like super Interesting. young. Interesting. Yeah, I was, I was only about like 15, 16 when I started wearing my hijab. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. And like nobody ever, like my parents never once in my life were like, oh you should think about wearing a hijab, like really? no one ever yeah. mentioned it to me. Loads of like my aunts and cousins female cousins don't wear hijab yeah. like it wasn't like really it wasn't like like I could have gone a whole life without wearing it like yeah. nobody would have ever pressured me yeah. to do it which is something I need people to know because yeah. I feel like they look they used to look at me and just be like oh yeah she, she has be to wear yeah, yeah. she's been wearing that since she was like eight years old yeah I have no idea yeah no I like I literally I, I like had this idea in my head of like I, I had like so strongly been like so ingrained ingrained myself in my Muslim identity that I was like I want that to be the first thing people see about me. So I like woke up one day, put a headscarf on. How do like, you how do you how do you know how to do one? Oh, like you just I like practiced a little bit. Did you? Yeah, but it was like it was not good. The first yeah. time I wore it, it was a mess. <laughs> it was so bad. I had no idea. It was like fiddling with it all day as well. It's so perfect. Like when you wear it. Oh, that was like yeah. It was perfect. Like. There was nothing. Oh, no, it looked so great. I was like, oh, that was so hard to put on. Oh, no. Literally, when I used to wear it to LMP, it literally took me like 30 seconds That's to do. Mad. It was years of practice. Yeah, yeah, fine. But it's like when people do like perfect eyeliner. I'm just like, how are you doing no, this? That was like an art. Like, I remember. That, that takes like loads of practice. Yeah, fine. Yeah. So you put it on for the first time. So I was about, maybe I was like 15 going on 16. I put it on for the first time because I was like, 
that was because I had like already started like praying five times a day. I was like reading the Quran. I was like reading loads of history and philosophy books on like Islam. And I was like, I want that to be the first thing people see about me. I just like I'm a Muslim first, and then I'm all the other parts of my identity second. Because I just didn't know how to make sense of all the other parts of my yeah. identity, and they were just getting too tiring to think about. Yeah. So I put a headscarf on myself. Like I didn't even tell my parents. Like I literally put it on. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I just because I make these like impulsive decisions yeah. like that. Like I just I put it on and I was. It was like the first day. It was like probably the first day of school after like a summer holiday, or like a half term. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm doing this now. And my mom was like, oh, okay. And it was just like. Did your mom wear a headscarf? Yeah, my mom. My mom started okay. wearing a headscarf, but she she actually started wearing it like way later in life. She was like 28 when she first wore a headscarf. Yeah, like when there's pictures of her like with me as a baby, she's got her hair out. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah so that was like such a big misconception yeah. people have about Muslim women. Like nobody even considers like they might have chosen choice, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. do that. So for me, it was like I'm a Muslim woman. I'm gonna wear a headscarf. Okay. And because I had like con- consciously decided that was gonna be a part of my life, I was like obsessed with my headscarf. I was like, I was never one of those people who was like, oh, I'm going to like a wedding. Maybe I'll like take it off and do my hair yeah. up. To me, it was like I made the choice to be a hijabi. Oh, I will always yeah. be a hijabi. Yeah. I was never gonna go like halfway for it yeah, I was okay. gonna be like I'm either a hijab or I'm not so um I probably started questioning my like relationship or religion while I was like halfway through uni okay just because I had built up this bubble of like oh like my like identity as a Muslim like nobody was really like poking holes into it I was sort of like doing my own thing like praying five times a day it's only when like I got to uni and I was like exposed to all these other world views and I had sort of like, I like my relationship with religion was like, oh, it's teaching me to be a better person. Yeah, but then I had like all these other ideologies that are like just as like ethical and just as mm-hmm. valid. So I started like kind of questioning like religion a little bit more. I was like feeling like really like out of place within it, like compared to like my community. It's because I've always had like quite liberal values, I think. Yeah. And a lot of like Muslims, like a lot of Muslims I've come to contact with did and had like quite conservative ones. Yeah. And I'm just like, wait, like I don't yeah. relate to that. So I didn't know how to like place myself in my community as much. Yeah. So halfway through uni, I started like kind of doubting religion a lot more. I was like letting go of a lot of my practices, like wasn't praying very much, like wasn't reading the Quran, like wasn't really interested in like in the same way that you were before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when I first started. Yeah. So like over time, it's sort of just like I was wearing the hijab, and I still wanted people to, like still want to identify as a Muslim, but then it kind of like got the feelings of feeling like kind of like a fraud wearing it got kind of intense, like yeah. about two years ago okay so it kind of like the feelings like of like oh i'm not really sure how i relate to this religion as much kind of got like quite intense in the last two years but it was also a combination of like not being able to relate to my own community in a lot of like in a lot of ways but also just like constantly feeling like everyone by wearing a hijab like i put the like responsibility of representation on myself which is a little unfair but also like i just felt like everyone had an opinion on like my life and like everyone in the world just like hadn't had this preconceived idea of who I am like the moment I walked into a room and I I could always feel it and it was just like really exhausting to deal with like people used to feel really comfortable saying things to me that were like really patronizing like asking me like if I'm gonna have an arranged marriage, and like, I, isn't that so that's intrusive? That's a horrible question. Isn't it so that's intrusive? A and it's so like such a personal thing, like such a big thing. To I've been myself. asked if my parents are related. 
Yeah, it's just Before, like, just like people just feel really comfortable yeah. doing that. Yeah. Although, like, or people, people used to straight up say to me, like, after I'd had a conversation with them, they were like, oh, I thought you'd be, like, so quiet and, like, so, like, I thought you'd be so shy, but you're so chatty and loud. And I'm just like, that's, that's on you. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take that as a compliment. Like, I, I like, unlocked an achievement. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're actually a cool girl. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to be, like, super repressed and yeah. boring. Like, that's, me- that's a mean thing to say. Yeah, you is. shouldn't have that. Yeah. Like, and I used to find those like microaggressions so like irritating. That's really good. Yeah. And like having and wearing your job, like I felt like oh the, like my like wearing your job, like felt like you were like laying your life out for everyone to have an opinion on. Like people talk about Muslim women yeah. constantly and never talk to Muslim women. It's like the amount of articles I've read written about like oh Muslim women and their future in like British society and it's always written by like some white guy yeah. who's like not interviewed any Muslim yeah. women, just like has has like a history degree from like a fancy university. Yeah, I've like, just learned yeah. a lot about what other people have done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I completely get you. And then that like that like burden of representation like really got to me after yeah. a while like I used to be proud of that I used to be like oh I'm gonna like go out and bring stereotypes and wear my hijab yeah. and be like super chatty and sociable like <laughs> all these things that people don't expect me yeah. to be and then after a while I was just like well actually sometimes I just do just want to be quiet but I don't yeah. want you to walk away using that image of as me that's as me. like that's a brush that's to paint that's great yeah. 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 That, yeah so those things got really frustrating for me and just like it was like a combination of a lot of things and just like it kind of came to a point where I was just like I was putting my job on in the morning and feeling like oh I don't like personally like relate to this anymore and it was such a difference from like the day I put on where I was like I want to be a Muslim yeah. woman in this world and like knowing like how far I had like come from that I was just like oh I like respect the hijab too much to this. be constantly putting it on and not feeling enough for yeah. it so I was just like for the sake of being like a more authentic person yeah. I should take it off yeah, like it's, dis- so lovely, it's like, disrespectful but not like, everyone will think like that obviously. Yeah, yeah yeah and like and I was just like actually like if you care about being a good person in your faith you should be as honest as possible about like your relationship with it because otherwise what's the point like you're yeah. just like playing by someone else's rules like it doesn't make sense so I took it off in like an attempt to sort of just like it wasn't I didn't take it off and being like I reject all things as well. Yeah. I took it off in a way like, oh actually I need to just take a step back and I need to like reevaluate yeah, my relationship fine. with spirituality. Which I have been doing a lot of, like it's it's coming up to a year now that I haven't been wearing yeah. a job and I feel like I have like come a long way in like my ideas of like what it means to be a more ethical person in the world. What did um, that. what do your parents say? So yeah, this is so this is what people are always curious about. Yeah, always just like, did your parents go like batshit crazy? Oh, no, I, I don't think they're ever going that, but like, because like you said, like they didn't ask you to put it on the first. Yeah, so, so this so this is a big yeah. thing. I think because my parents never asked me put it to put yeah. it on, they were never part of that process. They yeah, were never fine. part of that journey. Like it was never. So for them, it was always like, oh, that was always her thing. So it's like, so it's like, for me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was never like, oh, we like sat down and spoke to her. She, she wanted to do that. So, weirdly, my dad like honestly had no opinions on it. It was really weird. weird. My dad was, but I think my dad. So the thing about my dad is that I think he really trusts that I don't do things impulsively. Like I do them you after a lot of thought. Yeah. I think he trusts that about me, which I really appreciate. Yeah. My mom was more like. 
my mom was a lot more like sad and confused about the whole thing which yeah. I totally understand yeah. now like at the time I was being like kind of selfish in that like yeah. I was just like oh I don't feel like wearing it I'm gonna take it off but actually I should have like sat her down and really tried to explain to her because it felt so sudden to her and then she was just like wait I don't understand what's happened what's gone wrong like shit for her her first I was like something happened in like your life and yeah. I'm just like oh no it's just these thoughts that I've been sitting in my head for a year I just haven't told you yeah so she was a bit upset with me just because like she was really proud of the fact that I had chosen yeah. to wear it myself that was like a big thing for her that she used to like tell people and <laughs> I, 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 I can hear it and then and, like, she's doing that for her yeah yeah, yeah. so that hear. was like a source of pride for her and I kind of like took that away yeah no, I know exactly <laughs> but so she was like a bit upset with me for like about two weeks and then she came round like very quickly yeah yeah so they like, always do yeah, they, they always like they always come round because then they because they don't realise because they realise like oh you're actually exactly the same person yeah you're just like you just took it yeah yeah um, so yeah my, I think my parents were a lot more like we want to understand but they also have such a different relationship to like being British and Asian and like understanding their like religion they're so close to culture yeah, yeah exactly they're so like they they're so close to culture it's so, culture so much. yeah it's and I completely get it and we're also it's just so progressive now yeah exactly and it's like it's so great to see how how everyone here who's like brought up in England or Britain are interpreting mm. like Eastern cultures <laughs> and then yeah. Like, I, I know, like, it's something that me and Familia always talk about, which I don't think either of us got used to, and it's going to sound so basic, but it's, um, in Bollywood movies, <laughs> the fact that they've started, like, kissing in oh, Bollywood yeah, movies. Yeah. Oh, my God. And me and Familia, when you talked about that like, right at the beginning, like, when it first started, and we were in shock, because it's, like, it's honestly taken, like, I'd say they've only started kissing in the last, like, five years. Yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big step It's a, it's a massive step. <laughs> Bear in mind, Tamil movies, which is the movies we watch, they are nowhere near there yet. No. They're kind of doing pe- pecs, <laughs> and that's only started a year ago. But it's like, that's such a big step, and the fact that we're going to that direction, and also, obviously, like they're, it's, they're not used to having like multiple relationships or loads of boyfriends and things like that. And yeah. the fact that like um, Bollywood actors and actresses and stuff all are now like openly in interviews being like, oh, this is my boyfriend, yeah. as opposed to like we're definitely going to get married and this yeah, is forever. Yeah. I mean, like this is my boyfriend, and actually breaking up and then being mm. with somebody else, and like people like Prem Chopra and yeah. Deepak Padukone, and like just everyone who's there, kind of like fighting the good fight yeah. for like progressiveness. But I like, I like really noticed it when um, oh, I forgot the name now. When like movies about like LGBTQ, like Asian oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I once, that. once like Bollywood started producing like big movies on that, I was like, oh my god, this it really I is like two thousand. It's called like Eklat. I do, something. yeah, I but, um, but I love that movie so much, and I was just like, oh my god, this is like come so far. Like we're showing. Like, yeah, we're everything. not gonna get there yet. It's in South India. Oh yeah, no, we're not getting there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. It's but like, it's, such it's a happening. Big step. It's happening. Yeah, and it's like they were just like openly talking about things that people don't talk about, mm. and like it's it's so quiet to talk about relationships and things. It's just such a under the radar thing. Yeah. And it was it was great. So I do think like we are heading in the right direction, and it's like it was really interesting to hear like why you're doing what you're doing, and like the fact that you can't like your relationship with religion has not changed. Yeah, like it's like like I still very much like see myself as part of Islam. Like I've kind of like, I've come to the conclusion like oh like I used to have this like idea of like you needed to like find your stable identity as soon as you could, yeah. and then, like what, like like throw yourself into it but actually like I'm coming to like understand like because like everything's changing so much like your identity is always going to be in flux like you're always going to have like 
and like modernity is so like constantly rapidly changing like especially with like the online world now like it just makes sense that if you live in a society that changes so much your identity is always going to change with it and which is like something i'm like coming to like understand more and it's like oh that's okay like you're allowed to like it's also like you're also allowed to be more than one thing yeah exactly i think that took me ages to realize as well mm-hmm. like i'm allowed to go out on a saturday yeah. but still like go to the temple on sunday <laughs> yeah. like i'm allowed to do those things like i'm allowed yeah. to still like like yeah, well, yeah, it's it's very it took it again it it took it ages. Does, it doesn't it make sense a- to like live like your parents when they were brought when they were our age. They were in a whole other country. No, exactly, and I think it's it's hard for them to understand, but they'll they're getting there. Mm. We're getting there. I think that's. <laughs> and um, I'm like really proud of like British South Asians, like young British South Asians. Yeah. they're like really taking like they're being really creative with their identity, and I really yeah. love that. I love seeing that progress. <laughs> Thank you, Famida. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>